and welcome to Manga Explaining, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read much manga before. Hosted by Deb Aoki, Christopher Woodrow Butcher, Chip Zdarsky, and myself, David Brothers. Follow along with our show notes and our reading list at mangasplaining.com. And this week, we are discussing our first villainous title, and maybe our first isekai title? I actually don't remember if we've done any so far on the podcast. Mm. But either way, it's My Next Life is a Villainous, All Roots Lead to Doom, story by Satoru Yamaguchi, who I believe was the author of the light novel this manga is based on, and art by Nami Hidaka, who mentioned in her afterward, this is her first manga work, which I didn't wow. realize when I was first reading this. Hmm. So I'm going to start with the premise because I'm horrible about reading the back of the book. I usually just get right into like opinions and takes and things like that. Reborn to be wild with Re and parentheses, a high school girl is stunned to find herself reincarnated as a conniving villainess from her favorite dating sim game, Fortune Lover. Now, as Katarina Clays, the impossibly rich and spoiled daughter of a duke, her new life seems to perfectly sync up with the world of the game. This means big trouble. No matter how the game turned out, there were only two fates for Katarina, exile or death. And published by Seven Seas, translated by Elena Ishikawa-Kurin, adapted by Laura Gray, lettered by Rina Mappa, this is Christopher's favorite genre, is my understanding. Mm. <laughs> the classic isekai plus villainous combo. So, to manga explain a little bit, yeah. these are two of the most popular slash prevalent genres, I think, in kind of like the little area of Japanese pop culture that we dip in and out of. Mm. There are isekai stories where someone usually dies in the first couple of pages and is reincarnated as someone who's particularly suited to their new setting. Like maybe an accountant ends up back in like Lord of the Rings times and invents capitalism to get rich, which is like a legit like pitch for several of these books. <laughs> or I love Lord of the Rings times. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the past. <laughs> You're killing the- <laughs> I need to reset, I think. No, no, good. Yeah. no, this is great. This is great. And, you know, kind of like a hallmark of the isekai genre is that the loser nerd guy goes back to the past and discovers, you know, eight to nine varyingly busty women are sexually attracted to him the first time mm-hmm. in his life. And it becomes like a power fantasy. But there are all kinds of isekai stories. You know, technically, a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court is an isekai story. It's mm. the other world aspect is kind of what makes it interesting. Because yeah. you get someone with all of their memories, all of the accumulated knowledge, let's say, and sometimes even like maybe a cell phone or something with Wikipedia, and they get to exploit all that info to their benefit. And this one is also a villainous story, which is sort of springing out of Otome games, which are a kind of like dating sim that are geared towards women. And dating sim sounds exactly what it, you know, what it sounds like. It's very self-explanatory, but kind of like how Grand Theft Auto's sandbox format has has sort of filtered into a lot of other different genres of video games, like Spider-Man's Miles Morales game, or yeah. rather Marvel's Spider-Man, Miles Morales. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good catch, is, good catch. Right? I don't want to mess this up. No. <laughs> but, you know, it's a sandbox game. Fundamentally, it sort of built on the foundation that Grand Theft Auto 3 built. And this is kind of the same thing, where everything in a video game where it's like relationship-focused, where it's like you got to make friends or find someone to fall in love with or fight along someone until you become, you know, best friends to, you know, worst enemies or that kind of thing. It's all like dating some gameplay technology kind of perspective. 
and probably best expressed actually through Hades in the West, the mm. Greek god dungeon crawling slash romance simulator. Fantastic oh, really? game. I would have said Persona. I guess it's not a uh, Persona game, for sure. This game, yeah, yeah. Persona is definitely like a heavy hitter in the like I guess in the field, let's say, and you know, really good. Persona Five is excellent. But My Life is a Villainous kind of zeroes in. It's about a genre within a genre, so it's very specific. But I thought that since it's also funny, it'd be pretty self-explanatory and fun to get into as our first Isekai book. I should probably start with my take on this, and then we can go Deb Christopher Chip. I like it. I thought it was pretty funny. When I was rereading it for the podcast, I laughed a few times, which I feel like is a really good sign. And that's all I got. We'll come back to me later. <laughs> wow. Very <What>? succinct. <laughs> you're, 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 Post privilege. You're not giving Chip much to work with here. We'll co- <laughs> Let's see. What else can I give him? Something I appreciate about it is there's a point where the main character realizes that she's in a video game and starts trying to kind of game the system to kind of basically survive so that she doesn't get killed at the end of the game. And she doesn't realize the knock-on effect it's having of she's building relationship points with all these other characters. So everyone who should hate her and like kind of despise her is falling in love with her. So she's messing up the game in a way she doesn't see. And I love that kind of dramatic irony. Mm-hmm. And Deb, what did you think of my life as a villainous all roots lead to doom? I have to admit, I resisted reading this book for a long time. <laughs> Cause I don't know. It felt so, I don't know, Pat. <laughs> yeah. Formulaic. And I was wondering, why does everyone like this one? But also, too, it it made me wonder, was this the first story to use this formula? Or was there other stories before this? No way. This is building on, like, tons of history at this point, I think. Yeah. No, you know, the, like, the, this particular villainous, like, being reborn as a villainous. Because if I go to, like, Tapas, Webtoon, Tappy Tune, mm-hmm. I swear to God, one out of five stories is a villainous story. <laughs> Villainesses are very popular. So, so uh, are they all reborn as villainesses stories? Then, like, mm-hmm. like that's part of the, the yeah. genre. Mm-hmm. Jeez. And there, there are different degrees of charm. Like this one is on the humorous side. Yeah. This other one, villains are destined to die, which is on from Ize Press, is very dark. Like so, it kind of goes a spectrum. And then the other one that I mentioned was Concubine Walkthrough, which kind of like plays on the What's it like when an artificial intelligence realizes that they're fake mm. <laughs> and that they can redo things over and over again and still not get the right ending? <laughs> yeah. So th- it, there's a lot, there's, it's interesting because it, it gives it a lot of things to play with. But I guess with the villainous thing, I kind of wondered about this because this has been happening with Disney villainesses for a while too, mm-hmm. where everyone finds like, oh, the villainesses are way more interesting than the heroines, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like Wicked or like, yeah. you know, like Maleficent or whatever. Yeah. Maleficent. And or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. <laughs> so I thought, what's going on here that people are, you know, I don't know, like what, what makes this particular moment in time so interesting, right? For this character, like, like, oh, you know, like one, she's all knowing, like she knows everything. <laughs> So she can plan her strategy, but the part where she's, I think she's basically messing up the plot, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And 
I, I haven't read much far ahead, but is it the point where no matter what she does, she still ends up heading towards a bad end? Yes, like she can't avert it, but mm. everyone loves her. And that ends up causing like issues of its own. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, because I think there's like a sequel where like it's a Yuri book where one of the oh, girl so female characters is, is, is into her. <laughs> yeah. No, her best friend is totally into Yuri. her in this volume. Yeah, you get yeah. that here for sure. Uh. Yuri is, is we should ex- Mong explain real quick, is female, mm. female love stories. I don't think we've actually covered a full-on Yuri book on the podcast yet, have we? Um, even though we're, even though we're adults? adults? Even though we're adults, but that's not really... Yeah, no, I, Erica calls it Yuri, so it's probably Yuri, but it's not what I yeah. think of. It's not that, like, yeah. cute. Like, Yuri's a pretty wide genre, actually, no. But it, mm. but anyway, sorry, I was just making sure everyone knew what that meant. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah, I, I mean, it's charming and fun. I watched the anime that's really charming. I just was trying to figure, like, why did David like this so much? <laughs> Video game <laughs> jokes. Easy. Oh, I see, I see. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, all right, now it makes sense. I, I had the same thought. Yeah, no, there are a lot of upset expectations in this, I think. Like when she decides to become a farmer to get closer to her earth magic or mm-hmm. the inner council of Katarina's. Oh, that one I this, like. Yeah, 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 like a fake yeah. mustache or glasses. Like yeah. they've got goofball comedy in here that I appreciate. And they kind of go through a lot of tropes, you know? Mm. And they fully embrace the tropes to the point that they're funny. Like, mm. of course, working with the earth is, you know, it'll give you a greater connection to whatever, whatever. But in this, like, it actually doesn't matter after she goes through all that work to do it. It just becomes her hobby that she keeps up with. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> she remembers her Korean grandmother talking about farming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the or the pocket snake, you know. Great joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it was it was charming. I mean, I watched about six episodes of the anime mm-hmm. I read. Oh, wow. And, and just to kind of see where it was going. I'm not in love with it, but I thought it was cute. I'll take it. Christopher, how about you? Oh, this was less my thing than Baki was. Woof. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, okay. <laughs> I was thinking, not to get too meta, but David, I was thinking about yeah. how you talk about books that you didn't vibe with on the podcast. And the, your phrase is, wasn't really my thing. And I think that mm-hmm. that's like a pretty apt description of where i was at with this particular with this particular title i was reading it i wasn't like offended by it or anything like that but just like page after page i'm like i yeah this is this is not for me and i see all the stuff that you've seen it i do like you know being a video game kid person and like the the reborn another world which has become text in certain games now as well like it's not just we're having fun with the genre kind of reminded me a little bit of it's iterative on itself or people that understand the cultural context of it. So it kind of reminded me of superheroes a little bit, except both Isekai novels and graphic novels and manga and the games themselves outsell everything that superheroes makes except for Marvel movies <laughs> and and just Marvel <laughs> movies. DC movies are outsold by Isekai within Japan. And it's, it, it, it I got it. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. great, okay cool uh and that was it that, that that's kind of how i felt the whole way through there was i think the fact that she has an inner monologue which is expressed as different aspects of her personality like wearing robes and having like a meeting in a dark room the council of katarina's that is actually pretty good i like yeah. i like that one yeah. quite a bit mm-hmm. 
But yeah, there was not. Hmm. I think it got good on the last page, actually. I think it got to like, oh, I'm kind of curious now to see what happens because in the next chapter, they're going to introduce like the actual hero, the heroine of, of the work. All of that was like, it felt like reading, reading this book felt like reading the Wikipedia of the series of what was going to happen starting in <laughs> volume two. And it was yeah. just like, oh, I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to be mean because I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. It's just, I did Bubble not care, man. I didn't care so <laughs> hard. I was, just, I just don't care about this at all. And I, the book or the story, I like a different CEO. There, like, is there a there's, as soon as I figured out what was happening on page zero, I, <laughs> the intrigue of it d- dissipated entirely. You know what I mean? Like I didn't. Mm-hmm. Hmm. In this book, the author, at least so far, is not giving me any reason to care about anything that is happening. Has not given me. I'm not going to say is not. Has not given me a reason to care about anything that's happened. Instead, it's like extended scene setting and saying, well, there was a game, but this isn't how the game was going, like over and over and over again. And sure, okay. But her own interiority, I felt like was was like all surface level. Was like all and what am I gonna think about this? What am I think it's like, sure, but theoretically at least in this book, she lived eight years and I don't still don't get a sense of like her of, of like her motive, like other than I don't want to have a bad ending. That's a weird thing to be concerned about, like for nine consecutive years. Like does <laughs> she doesn't seem to. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All of her interactions with people felt very kind of weird. Whoa. And I don't know. It's like she's playing it as a video game still. Like that's the thing. <laughs> sure, like she's but... not living a life. She's playing it as a video game. Like that's just the way. And that's, yeah, and that's what you're communicating to the reader. But like, there's not yeah. one moment that we're shown in the first volume that doesn't contribute to that single goal. And it's like, okay, if you're playing a video game, yeah. Like this this is the, the classic video game or even, you know, comic book conundrum. You never see a super superhero on the toilet. You know what I mean? Like we cut out certain things that are parts of people's she lives. She's been trying to get the bat I've been trying. <laughs> yeah. I've been trying so hard. And I appreciate that, but I really do. But but like Sure, but if this was like, ah, oh, this is gonna sound so snobby. I'm so sorry. If this was literature, we'd have <laughs> something <I'm sorry. laughs> that would contribute to, like, that would contribute to, like, building her character in an interest, something that wasn't about the goal, like, like the, the flashing mm. neon goal. Like, we'd have some kind of texture. We'd have her yeah. take a slow walk in the rain. And, it's not there. And I don't think that is a problem of Isekai. I actually think mm-hmm. it might be a problem of this book. But I also don't know because I haven't, I haven't read a lot. And Isekai really is like, I keep going back to, I know it's problematic, but I keep going back to Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. I keep going back to Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe because I loved those books when I was, you know, like probably 11, 12, read them all, even the boring one. 
horse and his boy. I, just, I know everyone loves it, but it's so boring. But it's the idea that you're going to like spirit these kids from like who are upper middle class from from England into a fantasy world, and they're going to retain their their upper middle class Britishness and be changed by the world that they're in. And by the end of it, they're literally the kings and queens of this realm. Like, and then they go home and they're like kids again. That that to me is like okay, Isakai has actual power to talk about who you are and where you come from and how your experiences change you. I I didn't get a sense of any change in this character from the moment that she's like, well, from after she dies on page three to like the end of the book. I think she's still playing her life like a video game. Like some, you, you eventually have to put the controller down. Like you eventually, you aren't playing your life actively like a video game for nine years. Like when you're on the bathroom thinking, how is this, you know, contributing to the goal of, of making sure I don't end up, you know, in the bad root of this game that I'm in. It's like, no, man, that's that's thousands of hours like that. You're not you can't just be thinking about the game, except there, there was none of that in the book. And so it was like. Mm-hmm. It. Could not have been clear that it wasn't for me, like, because this is what I'm thinking about when I'm reading this thing, like these like none of these characters seems to have interior lives. Everyone is just grinning so hard at each other in like beautiful ways. And it's just like, but what are you what are they doing? You know, like anyway, I've gone on yeah. again. I, sorry, I, this is Chris has the same complaints about Garfield to me. I do. <laughs> I, I fully enough. believe in Garfield's Dude. world. I fully believe that he is Garfield three sixty five. Actually, he's got interiority. Yeah, the interiority of Garfield is <laughs> yeah. immense. The uh, the interiority of the main character. So so okay. So this is funny. So I'm just like. Well, when you start talking, I'm like, okay, I'm, when it comes to my turn, I'm going to be able to do the drum roll and go, I agree with Chris. I disagree with David. Cause like, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm also feeling like this isn't for me, but the more Chris talks, oh, yeah, the yeah. more I'm just like, oh, come on, Chris, this ain't literature. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting this ain't literature as a pull quote in the show notes. So like, thank like, you for I, that, Chip. I, I like that. I like that. Chris is like, yeah, she's not. She hasn't de- developed really in in this world, and she. Uh, but I'm also like, well, she also isn't like, oh my god, I died, and I miss my parents and my friends and my life and stuff like that. Like that is not the point. Of, like you can tell right from the beginning, from those first three pages, that there is not going to be that kind of like. But that's uh, Isekai growth. Well, that's the thing. So I I knew right away that this is okay. This is not going to be. This is not. I'm not going to. But by page 100, I'm not going to get like a, a deep insight into the progression of this character as a character. Like, like I'm, I'm basically I'm reading a video game. For, for my take, I was thrown immediately by the immediate death and rebirth into this world. Whoa, okay. Because I, uh, because because I don't have any kind of I, I didn't know what the genre is or, oh. so I'm like, okay, all right, so that's happened. So why is she in the video game? Like. Like so, so I spent like a lot of time <laughs> reading this. I'm like, are they going to address this? Like the fact that she's been reborn into a video game. At least when I watched the movie Tron in the '80s, I understood they were sucked into the machine yeah. and they were in the video game. But with this, I'm just like, oh, that's got no bearing on any of this. Like this genre assumes you know this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and so it's it's, this, it's right? funny. It's just like it's just like it's like it's like. It's a little bit like porno. It's just like here, here's the here's the setup. It doesn't matter. 
Like, there's no <laughs> logic here. Yeah, <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna question the pizza delivery guy not having pizza. Like, they ordered a pizza. Like, he's showing up, and it's just his penis in a pizza box. But they're not upset about it at all because they expected that. Like, this feels very much like that. <laughs> So I've it's not like watched enough porno, clearly. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I think porno is because I also haven't. But <laughs> <laughs> so like so so that kind of threw me, and I think also because like when I'm writing my Marvel DC books, I'm always laying clues in the beginnings of things that pay off in a few issues or whatever. It's like, oh, oh this actually meant this. So I kind of expected some of that here, at least for a while. By by the halfway point, like, okay, I'm clearly. I'm focused too much on the wrong thing here. I need to just like <laughs> kind of enjoy her relationships and like how she's like trying to subvert this game. Cause I do like one of the things I do like as like, I don't know if it, I wouldn't say it's a genre, but it's a theme, which is, you know, escaping fate. Like what is mm-hmm. fate? What is free will? What's predetermined. So, so that's playing out in here. And much like Chris, I, I really kind of got interested at the end, right at the end, when it's like, okay, now we're going to introduce like the quote unquote like hero. And I'm like, oh, that's, I want to see how that plays out because mm. that's actually really interesting. And, and again, much like Chris, I felt like a lot of this was a primer, not necessarily mm. Wikipedia, but it's like a primer. It's like, okay, here's this character, here's Prince whatever. And then just like a ton of text just giving you like their stats, which is the part that I always skip in the video games. <laughs> and so did she actually. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so a lot of this, I was like, not necessarily speed reading, but it was like, okay, I don't need to know everything about this guy. Like, just give me what's what's happening through the actions. And you know, there were there were some humorous parts, the snake, the council, but but by the end, I was just like, okay, this is this. It's a book where it's like, it's not good enough for me to take a bunch of screen grabs about how good it is, and it's also not bad. For me to take a bunch of screen grabs about how bad it is, it's just it's it's perfectly kind of in the middle, yeah. and I can see it as a genre, and I can see why it's successful, but it's also much like with Chris again, it's not for it's not for me, but that's okay, as Stuart Smiley says. <laughs> I love it, the rare ship Chris combo. I know, wow. I know. Oh, I hate it. Trust me, I hate it. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned the interiority of Garfield because I was going to go. That it's almost like, how do they feed Scooby Doo in the cartoons? <laughs> because I think that there's, I think you definitely have a point. Like she is a very shallow character, but it's almost because it's one where the reader is expected to know this type of character already. Mm. Like you've read her in books before. It's like it's like a Peter Parker type in a superhero comic. Like you might not get everything. Mm. Yeah. It'll give you enough to kind of go like, okay, he's got like a sick family member. He's kind of broke. Like you know, it's teeing you up for later things but not getting very deep but the i think in that sense it's also very much like fan service for fans of the genre Mm. or Mm. also fans of otome games and isekai stories as well i think almost every page is either a joke or setting up a joke about the setting or the stuff she has to do or things like that i think that's what drew me in was just the sheer amount of like swings so even if some miss there's still like a lot of laughs for me in here yeah. Because she's so dumb. Like, she's very smart in the video game sense. She's good at, like, min-maxing her character, so to speak. <laughs> but she's really bad at everything else. And she doesn't realize <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. Like, when she mentions, like, her mom is always yelling at her and she just doesn't get why. You know, it's like, because 
we're kind of embarrassing the family. <laughs> but these, this is a good example, I think, of how, like, this is like a specific genre. It's not just like kind of the general interest manga we usually read. Yeah. Like this ties, it's an adaptation of a light novel, which is already its whole thing. There's, how often does that happen? Surprisingly frequently. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I think, Dirty Pear started as a light novel in the 80s. Christopher, you might have to like fact check me in the in the show no, notes did, on that did. one. It did? Yeah. Record of Lodas War started as like an RPG campaign that became novels and then became a manga and anime. Yeah. It's, it's like so, a, there's it, a, definitely it, a feeder system. It's so hard to picture Dirty Pear starting off as a novel. Yeah. It's still like, like illustrations on like the front and maybe like yeah, it would okay. interior. A couple of chapter yeah. illustrations. Like Yeah. I mean, as an aside, you know, like I get a lot of people who are, you know. Now, this is not a dig at comic book writers, but I got a lot of people who are aspiring comic book writers who are like, I need to find an artist, right? Yeah. So I can, so I can make my comic book. And I keep yeah. telling these people, unless you have money to pay this artist and don't say you're going to give them a share of the profits later. Uh. That's bullshit. Sorry. <laughs> Your better bet is to write like a light novel and hire an illustrator to do a cover, to do a couple illustrations. That's very low impact work. Mm, and then yeah. get people interested in your story that way, you know, like through like Wattpad or whatever type of thing. And then if you get traction, then you can hire someone to actually make a comic. But then, you know, like expecting an artist who doesn't feel as passionately about your story as you do to come along for the ride and spend hours and hours drawing. Mm. So, because I mean, to be frank, drawing a comic takes way longer than writing a page. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Of prose, right. Yeah. So, like, I, I always try to tell people, like, this is the way to go. Yes, you as a storyteller, it's valuable. But don't expect some artist to make your vision come alive for free. Yeah. So, okay, so, so I've, got a, I've got a question about that. So are there North American light novels then? Yeah, well, yes, but it's kind of a fuzzy Bikini definition. after the end? Yeah. There's not, okay. They're on top of us now. And then Webpad. Yeah. So it's so, kind of a more a marketing term over here than mm. anything else. Okay. Yeah, there's for what do you got? It's the closest retail equivalent to the light novel, and it's for a completely different audience, is paperback thrillers at airport, where it's something that you pick uh. up, it's just like the prose is so like buttery smooth, you just like slide through the whole thing and get to the end. And you're like, Oh, I read a Gross. thing, that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, especially with a book. It's just like a bad, bad idea. But light novels are generally they're sold everywhere but they're sold in bookstores adjacent to manga they're basically genre novels there's yeah. I, I have been exceptionally unkind to light novels i think both on the podcast <laughs> and the show notes yeah erica called me up for it but beyond that it's just like no it's light novels can be about anything it just turns out that they are mostly for they're mostly what we would consider pulp the pulps like yeah. from like back in the day like trashy genre fiction that is like for people that read this kind of stuff. The last remaining sort of pulps are comic books, which have turned into one thing, and then like romance novels, which have turned into another thing. There's not a lot of the rest of that kind of pulpy, whatever. Everything else mm. has to take on this like super sheen of professionalism. You know what I mean? But yeah. most light novels are fantasy and sci-fi these days. That's why Dirty Pear started as a light novel. It start it came out of like like a sci-fi pulps tradition, right? And then light novels yeah. just become kind of this other thing. 99% of them have anime looking covers like this does manga looking covers. And then this was already a popular, like a very popular light novel. And then that's why they adapted it into manga. And that happens a lot. Same publisher, mm -hmm. 
I don't know if Seven Seas is doing light novels, but Yen definitely is. Uh, Yen's doing mm-hmm. a ton mm-hmm. of them. And then uh, Tokyo Pop started that trend in English, where they would simultaneously release the novel as well as the manga adaptation of the novels at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole deal in Japan. And yeah. Katakawa, which is uh, the, one of the bigger publishers in Japan, is really trying to make it work here too. Like really, mm, really yeah. trying to make it work. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the sales figures on that are, but some of them have done yeah. really well. I remember the first big breakthrough hit was Spice and Wolf, which which came out. It was oh, one of the wow. big first light novels when I was still retailing. And it's basically, it was, it was so massive in Japan. And it was like a fantasy series that explained capitalism. Like, like you were saying, it's like, here's how <laughs> capitalism works using like, medieval times, you know, kind of generic fantasy setting with a super cute fox or wolf girl as the Buxy character listening to the main character go on and on about economics in like fantasy terms so that you as a reader don't get bored because you get to look at her. And that was like the whole deal. I like that you combine Buxman Foxy into Buxy. (laughs) Boxy lady? Buxy lady. She's Boxy, all right. Yeah. Where it counts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i mean yeah like like it's Sorry. funny all, all this talk of light novels just reminds me of just like kind of i don't know western self-publishing like amazon singles the yeah all the erotica romance thriller like you know tony lee good old tony mm-hmm. lee from comics like he became quite successful just doing his own weird thrillers he publishes wow. like 10 of them a year or something it's like crazy yeah yeah like Huge. yeah yeah it's like that yeah. with infrastructure behind it and like yeah. a pipeline to you know if you're a hit like maybe you get an anime and a manga and then you move into like the expensive sexy statues side of things yeah wow it's like That's a whole true. thing yeah. yeah so what deb's <laughs> recommending for north american creators that are like i want to i want to tell my story i want to get it out there but i need an artist to show the way that's already happening in, in japan like if you're an angry nerd on the internet who's fed up with like, <laughs> no, this is the way isekai should be done. You just go write that isekai. And if it turns out other people yeah. like it, you get a career. And there's so much isekai and so many like, like light novels version, like night novel isekai that started as mm-hmm. responses to other light novels that started as responses to other light novels. And then you bring in something like another established genre, like the Otome game kind of thing. And that's where you get something like this, where it's like, it really is, and here's maybe my problem with it. It doesn't seem like more than the sum of its parts. It doesn't seem like more than an oh, isek- I don't think a commentary is. on Isekai no. and a commentary no. on Otome games. And I kind of wanted mm-hmm. something a little bit more, but that's just me. I think that's why it's successful to an extent. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, I think Deadpool at this point is kind of more than, you know, the sum of its parts. But for a while, he was kind of just the parody guy. Mm-hmm. And there was like a little bit of depth there, but you showed up to Deadpool to see like the little yellow balloons and something breaking the fourth wall more than the like the commentary into, on. Yeah, we've already established that we don't have similar ideas of Deadpool. So let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> also, I meant to mention earlier, the newer series of Baki are reverse isekai where someone from the past comes to the present. So I think you would love them, actually. Mm. Yeah, Miyamoto Musashi comes and fights a bunch of Baki characters in one of the sequel series. Okay. It's unfortunately not localized, because if it was, I'd have it on the podcast so soon. (laughs) (laughs) That's wacky. Yeah, it's super wacky. I mean, there's that that Kosakushima isekai, right? (laughs) 
Yeah. What was that where he goes back to feudal Japan? Aren't they all? No, they're all knights. They're all like medieval fantasy knights. Medieval knights. Yeah. (laughs) That's even better. (laughs) Yeah. It's such a weird wish fulfilling genre because I think a big part Mm. of it is like, is the fan service aspect of like, what would this character be like in this setting? Or what would this type of character be like in this setting? Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. In this case. But also as a reader, what would it be like if I could be anywhere other than right here? Because, oh my God, I'm done with Mm -hmm. this. I'm done yeah. with my workaday job or my crappy <laughs> school experience. I'm like, what, what if I could live, live in this video game? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Both, yeah, I've yeah. been That's there. A big part I'm of not going to lie about that. Oh, if I could just yeah. build stuff like Valheim all the time. This one's kind of a happy version of that a little bit. Yeah. It is more happy because a lot of the isekai to me sometimes feels like it's predicated on the pure grind, the horribly. Mm demoralizing reality of being a school kid in Korea or Japan. Yeah. And the horribly yeah. demoralizing reality of being a wage slave, like working in a office job where you have no, you, it's unfulfilling, it's boring. Your manager thinks you're stupid. You're not getting paid well. You're working long hours and you think, good God, is this all that life is? And then you embrace the sweet mercy of truck and truck yeah. takes you to another world by getting hit by. A truck. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it's like, it's like your job's a joke. You're broke. Your love life's DOA, you know, and then you want to, you want to be somewhere else. I don't, I guess I don't get why there isn't an, an American version of this, right? Cause all of the ones I know of are all based on Asian. I think we have superheroes you know, hope, hopelessness. for that. Yeah. Super superheroes is that. Like, oh, is that right? I mean, well, that's that's how it kind of that's like that's Spider Man, like the wish fulfillment aspect, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's like you're you're a loser, you're you're getting bullied all the time, your aunt's always sick, but you get to go out at night and have all these powers, and yeah, nobody mm. knows how powerful you actually are. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think this is a very similar wish fulfillment vibe. This one, it's more happy. Something like Sword Art Online is the other side of Isekai, where you get trapped in a video game, yeah, and it's like actually trapped like people are dying yada yada it wasn't really my bag it wasn't very good mm-hmm. a friend called it sword fart online and it totally ruined it for me like it's all <laughs> I like now people are vicious <laughs> to sort out online now and it's like every one of you weebs cut your teeth on that on that isekai series yeah it's because it was really it. good and then they did a whole season where the heroine was like literally in a bird cage for half as like the villain had her trapped and it's Is like that this what is happened with too it? much yeah it really fell off a cliff it's basically like it basically did the cycle that American superheroes comics did, but did it in ten years. Yeah, it did it incredibly you know, quickly. Just like recycled, 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 until the point where people are like, you know what, I'm done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's also an isekai thing. Like, I really think that the recycling is more a feature than a bug for this kind of story. Oh, because you want to see like the endless flipping of Superman, for instance. What's evil Superman? What's like? Bizarro Superman, Martian Superman. This will show you what is Otome games. What are those like? What are feudal action games? What are those like? There's an isekai, or I guess technically it's not an isekai, but it's an isekai style story about someone whose mother becomes the most powerful character in the video game and has two hit attacks. Mm. Yeah, my mother and her two hit attacks. Do you love your mom and her two hit multi target attacks? Which is Uh seriously. (laughs) It's a lot. That's a great title. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's covering so much ground, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess what I kind of like look at when I look at the villainous stories, you know, I think about, mm-hmm. you know, like how we, we talked about boys love and boys love is girl wish fulfillment because like what it be would be like to have a relationship 
that is with an equal, right? Where there's no expectation mm-hmm. of how I be- should behave as a female in society. You know, like two boys are equals. One may be richer than the other, one may be stronger than the other, but you know, they're they're not held back by these preconceptions of what they should be as women in society, in Japanese Korean society. And in Isekai with the villainous thing, it's like, ah, this is my this is my license to see what it's like to be someone who behaves in a way that I'm expressly told I shouldn't behave. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I'm being bad. Or everyone thinks I'm bad, but actually I'm a good person inside. Mm. And I'm gonna I'm gonna confound everyone's expectations of what a bad girl is. Right. So it's it's kind of like interesting because it's you know, like how you're saying superheroes and even a lot of isekai where it's like the office worker gets thrown into the game world and uses his accounting skills to become the king, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. This is a very female wish fulfillment thing. Or I can is see it? it. I mean, I can't speak to that personally, but there's little bits where I'm like, oh, she was kind of a nerd in her previous life. Like, I mean, yeah. she had, you know, she was staying up all night playing a video game, not necessarily a cool girl thing to do, so to speak. And kind of the choices she's making, but she does get to act out in the ways that you're saying. Like when she's at the buffet and she's like, how could I get this food home without disgracing my family? <laughs> and her brother's like, you're thinking of taking the food, aren't you? Please don't, you know? <laughs> like that's such like a, you know, a rude girl thing, but also like very relatable too, because you know, rich people probably have amazing food. I totally get it. Yeah, I want to take that food home. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk about her being a nerd too, because they didn't they didn't dig into it either. And this is like, hmm. so there's a there's a moment where mm-hmm. she's like, oh, I didn't play this route that we're on. It's taking all of my willpower not to use the American route, by the way. I didn't play this route that we're on <laughs> for the game, but I had an Otome friend and it flashes back to her Otome friend going, oh my God, she's so cute, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no yeah. one from her previous life got a name. She couldn't mm. even say, my friend, you know, you know, Akachan or whatever, like, you know, it's baby. Yeah, but like, no, when she flashes back to her old life, she doesn't even name those characters, her mom, her brother, like she just sort of refer, refers to them as roles. But the, 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 mm-hmm. the people in her new world, her new reality, who are the game characters, get full names and tragic backstories and whatever. And even when she's remembering her old life, there's not even a pause. There's not even like, oh, right, I was a 17 year old girl who died. Like, yeah. and yeah, that might bring down the That's very deliberate of my life as a villainous, all roads lead to doom. But at the same time, that was it's that kind of thing in this book that I was just like, oh, that's weird that she didn't even mention her friend's name. Like it actually kept pulling me out mm. of the story as we went through it because like even other Isekai, and I haven't read a ton, but like will reference like I miss my old life. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and it, it, to an extent, I think. Yeah. But you don't want to bring the vibe down because it's just about this like one thing. But the other thing yeah. that this has in common with superheroes is power fantasies. And this mm. isn't just like a, this is a power fantasy for sure. Because it's like, what if all of the bullshit knowledge I accumulated in my real life actually had real power in the real world instead of being a hindrance like it is in the real world where I'm like an Otome mm. girl, game, you know, girl nerd. What if that thing allowed me to be the most popular and the most beautiful and to know how everything was going to go and to like bring everyone onto my side. And now I'm like this rich girl who's fully enjoying stuff. And I think uh, like fully enjoying every aspect of my life. I don't have to go to school. I don't have to go whatever. And I get to plant a farm, which is the only interesting character trait she has as she decided to become a farmer. Uh, but like, like this is absolutely that kind of power fantasy. And it's, 
you know, I think it wouldn't fly as a superhero book these days. I think that those kinds of books are not being made at Marvel and DC and image and whatever, like things are more sophisticated on the whole now. And I, I find it fascinating that not only does this fly, but like people fuck, people gobble it up. Just gobbling this up. You know what I mean? Like this and this kind of thing, people have been like, Oh yes, just give me more sweet, like wish fulfillment. And like, you know, it's, it's like they're being pet by the author. Like, Oh yeah, you're good. You know about these things. This is good. Yes, you're a good nerd. Whereas su- superhero books do challenge people, I think, and there has to still be familiarity. Chip, I would love. Yeah, I, would love I think to hear some of them do. Some of them. So, well, not sorry. Some things are not challenging. Some things are are yeah. greasing the wheels of the machine. Not all say. superheroes. Not all hashtag. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that it is it is funny how wish fulfillmenty this is and it's so popular like that's the I mean, thing it, that is interesting yeah. about this to me mm-hmm. this is this would be more superhero-y if she was longing for home if she had the power but also like like that that was the marvel style like you know from the 60s through to today which is like you have the power but your personal life is a mess as mm-hmm. a result of it like there, there's always got to be that like that was the one thing that I, I, I picked up doing Spider-Man, which is that, like, you know, if Spider-Man's doing well, Peter Parker can't be doing well. If Peter Parker's doing well, Spider-Man can't be doing well. Like, there has to be the, the balance in those books to keep that kind of tension. So there's not really a lot of tension here. It's just, like, you know, it, it is pure wish-fulfillment power fantasy stuff, like, 100%. Mm-hmm. Which is why she didn't name the characters from her previous life or the parents or anything like that, because... Because the author clearly, that's a very deliberate thing because they know that like, no, this isn't about that at all. Like, I don't want, I don't want to harsh the buzz of what's happening here by making too many links to that. Yeah. You know, almost does it with just that, I mean, so the art in this, I'll say the art in this is, is good. I mean, it's super serviceable. It kind of reminded me like, maybe because I've been thinking of AI a lot lately, this feels like if an AI made manga. Mm. like like it's very it's very much like okay it feels a bit kind of interchangeable probably with other of this genre i'd imagine yeah. but page 169 where you have the, the kind of ghost image of the two worlds of the friend mm. from behind very nicely done very pretty very very beautiful and elegant and it was like kind of the only touch of sorrow in this book and hope because it's like, oh, yeah, she could be this here, and that was what I had then. And I thought that was really nice. Yeah, probably my favorite bit of art in the book. In volume two, she actually dreams about the, her previous life. Oh, okay. But it's her toy game friend telling her that there's like a secret hidden route with another prince. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all very laser focused on the wish fulfillment fantasy. That's yeah, very yeah. aptly called, I think. And she doesn't even assume that she's ever going to go back. Like she's just kind of resigned to the fact that she is in this world. Yeah. And yeah. There's no way, like, you know, there's no, you know, click your Ruby slipsers together and <laughs> say there's no place like home, right? There's no, no. quest to get back home. Yeah. It's yeah. just like she's just accepted this is how things are going to be. She's going to wear these puffy dresses and she's going to have resting bitch face and everyone's going to misunderstand her. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but compared to where she was before, she is in charge of her destiny. Mm. And also, she's making much more informed decisions because she knows what the future holds, right? Yeah. Yeah. So a a question. So with this genre, is it always character dies and goes to this other realm? Sometimes you... Yeah. 
Or no, go for it. What was the other half? Oh, or or is it very Tron and they get sucked into the video game, or they get <laughs> both, mag- or they get magic back to the past, or whatever? There's both. Yeah, there yeah. it's all over the place. I'm reading one called Is it QA Tester in Another Realm? Oh yeah, Deb <laughs> knows. Yes, yes. Let me Google this while I'm talking. It's a Kodansha book. Quality assurance oh. in another world. <laughs> that was hilarious. This other one, I'm saving eighty thousand gold in another world for my retirement. Yeah, there's all stuff like that <laughs> where, you know, in the, in the quality assurance, when it's like a literal QA guy, like a tester guy, it gets trapped yeah. in the video game. He can't get out. He's documenting all the bugs he can find in hopes <laughs> that when he does get out, you know, once he completes his job, his bosses will let him go. Yeah. And the one Deb mentioned, it's like, oh, well, I'm here. I know about 401ks and stuff. So let's, you know, get to exploiting this economy. Like, there's a lot of that. <laughs> oh. That one is really funny because, like, she discovered she can go back and forth between the worlds. And so she can make money in the fantasy world and take her 80,000 gold back to <laughs> modern day Japan and retire. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a fantasy for moment. me. Yeah. 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 Like, there's some where it's just like, all right, sexy girls who are also like monster types, but still have boobs. And there's ones that are just like, Here's how being a libertarian works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chester Brown writing manga. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the complete political spectrum in these books wow. as well. Yes. But as long as Amazing. it caters to being a nerd, like there's no anti-nerd. Yeah, yeah, very much so. There's no like, and the stuff that is super anti-nerd is still nerdy. It's just like a different kind. It's like 4chan nerdy. It's like, well, we're the mean nerds. So you're still nerds. Come on. Like robot chicken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Deb, have you read So I'm a Spider, So What? Are you familiar with that one? Yes. I've, I've, and then there's also I'm a So What? I'm a Slime kind of thing, right? Reborn as yeah, a yeah. slime in another world. Yeah. I know you mentioned the spider one. Like she's reborn as a like a very low-level villain in a video game. Like someone you would kill outside of the opening cave mm-hmm. and has to grind her way to becoming like a high-level villain so that she doesn't die. And like this one, it's mostly like jokes on jokes on jokes. It's very aware of the genre that it's in. Mm. But it's also like you keep seeing glimpses of her past and it's like, oh, maybe other people from where she is like has made it to this world where she's a spider. Hmm. And I think villainous is not concerned with that at all. They're just like, let's get into this Otome game. Let's like run down all of these various routes. Roots. And tropes, See, right? Chris like, made me like, yeah, yeah, question, question everything. <laughs> I mean, all the and main yeah, characters the are tropes, right? Like they're yeah. they are they mm-hmm. are archetypes, right? Like yeah. like the Beatles were trope, right? There was a quiet one, there was the, the funny, <laughs> the cute funny one, there was a cerebral one, and you're like, whatever, right? It's like a boy band thing. Like Yeah, totally. <laughs> Even down to the, you know, there's the good twin and the bad twin. Mm-hmm, there's the mm-hmm. dark-haired interest and the light-haired interest. Yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> but I guess I'll ask Chip, you know, like a lot of the enjoyment of this is knowing that all the, you know, the little winks and nods to the tropes, right? Yeah. And were were you familiar with these tropes and or did they fly past you? And you're like, what's going on here? Like, why does David think this is funny? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I found a lot of it funny, but I don't know if it was because they were tropes or not. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I need specific examples because it's hard for me to say yeah. what I missed, mm. right? So because there yeah, were there weren't true. any jokes that were just like jokes that the punchline depended on me knowing something else. I don't think mm. really. I would probably get an extra level of enjoyment out of it if I did know that it was referring to you know a trope or a previous kind of story 
element mm-hmm. or a genre of a thing. But yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing threw me for a loop in this. Yeah, that makes sense. Nothing threw me for a loop either. <laughs> <laughs> on that note i guess we should do final thoughts we let's go deb christopher chip and then i will close this out deb all what right. are your final thoughts on my life is a villainous all roots lead to doom well i'm glad you know to finally get a chance to read this because this is one of those books and series that people seem to really love and i you know, just that it wasn't a big priority for me to read it. And so reading it, it was fun. I guess maybe I should have, I wish I had read this first before I read all the other villainous stories. Because mm. then I think it, it would have it felt more fresh and fun for me. But what happens is because I've read other villainous stories that have more, I guess, dramatic tension and depth to the, you know, the fact that you're living in this world where there are NPCs and playable characters and Every, you're the only one that seems to be in on the fact that you're in a game. Uh, you know, all these kind of like interesting tensions that have come up in other versions of this story that I found myself like, ah, that's not here, is it? <laughs> or, mm-hmm. ah, that's not a factor here, is it? And then I had to kind of pull back and go, ah, well, this is just meant to be light and fun, right? And kind of comforting because even though she's inherently trying to avoid dying, like she's just trying to like avoid a bad end. Inherently, it's very comforting, sweet story. Like she makes friends, mm-hmm. she climbs trees. Her parents mm-hmm. love her. She gets to wear pretty clothes. She acts unprincess like. She has, she has fun, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether it happens later when she realizes I'm screwing up the story big time, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm screwing up the story big time so much that all my previous knowledge of how things are supposed to go has just gone out the window mm-hmm. because I've screwed it all up. <laughs> I don't know, but it's fun. Yeah. It's cute. I'll take it. I guess I've kind of also been thinking a lot about like, what does this type of story say about society today? Right. Why do people find this type of story so appealing mm. or this concept so appealing? Like a f- French journalist I've been talking with online, Valentine, he writes for Le Figaro. Mm-hmm. He had this thought, like he was going to do a paper on why the villainous stories allow people to feel a certain amount of psychological healing in a world where they feel like they have no control mm-hmm. or no hope. I wonder if it's because it depicts a world where there are rules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sort of like how in Columbo and series like that, like there's a clear sign of like right and wrong. There's no like blurriness. Mm-hmm. And if you do wrong, you will get caught. I think these stories, even though they're very thin, you know, they might be thin or something like that. There is an idea that like, oh, this is like a funny take on what would happen if I could exploit real life, if it was like a video game or vice versa. Maybe. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I can see that. Final thoughts. I'm not. Yeah, I have kind of a gray feeling about this guy, about my life is villainous. All routes lead to doom. I I don't. (laughs) It's just like I was reading it going. All right. I, I was waiting for something to hook me. I was waiting for something to be the thing that's like, okay, I can like latch into this. And the humor didn't really do it. The like in the couple of interesting bits didn't do it. And oh, that's so what Deb was saying, yeah, the this is this is the sort art online of its sort of sub sub genre. 
You know what I mean? Like, this is the thing where it's like, mm-hmm. what about this idea where like you can be, we, we take the, the Isekai formula and we, we, we introduce Otome games instead of like RPGs, which is what like 90% of the fantasy Isekai was. And it's like, oh, that's enough. That is enough innovation for this story. You don't want to put all your ideas in the one story. <laughs> and other people have run with that and like pulled specific ideas out and made it sort of their own story over and over again. And that's where the iteration mm-hmm. comes from. And this is just introducing mm-hmm. the idea. It's like, what if we were trapped in a video game? And that's sort of on the line. And it just sort of goes in a direction. And this is like, well, what if I started over, but my life wasn't an RPG game. It was a Otome game. And it's like, that's it. That's the innovation you're going to get. Uh, that's all you need for this story because it, and it, it's all they needed. It was popular. Someone else can do the story about what if it was like real sad or real this or real <laughs> that or real whatever. Missing my family in another world. Yeah, right. Like even if she'd said, yeah, it's been 13 years since I've had a piece of sushi. I really fucking miss sushi. I was a teenager that lived in Japan. All right, I guess I'm going to have weird royal western food again. Like, sure, like even like a little little bit that made her more interesting. But you're right, that would have ruined it. And I think it I th- I get I get why it's popular. I I get that it's and it's just it's not for me. And that is like, you know, that's fine. It's not supposed to be for me. Things not everything is for me. 45 years old. It's not for me, but I think that the people who it is for, it's totally like, uh, take issue with Chip's AI artwork. There is a lot of intention. There are a lot of choices in this, which is how I've come to think about AI, which is there's not necessarily choices in the same way. You let the computer fill in a lot of space. There are a lot of choices in this artistically to have it look this way and to have it, especially the layout pages of the of the beautiful boys that are like chapter pages explaining who they are and what their backstories are. It's right out of Otome games. Like it's very specific, but I do find that style kind of generic in general. But yeah, it's, I wish I'd read the novel. I don't often say that. I'm really? a comics guy. Mm. I wish I'd read the novel because I think it would have probably hit different. I would have, my expectations would have been lower because when you're reading mm. like fanfic or um what we we're talking about like the self-generated wattpad amazon you know direct submit kind of stuff mm-hmm. it puts you in a different headspace for what's to come you're like all right this is somebody who has not been vetted by the publishing you know mafia anything could happen in this story and i think if i had read it in that way and read it as a piece of like you know not amateur but definitely like aspiring professional fiction I probably would have been kinder to it, but it's, this is slick. This is a slick looking package, beautiful cover. The art's like pretty crisp throughout. And it's like, mm-hmm. I had a different expectation of what this story was going to be because it was presented like, you know, that. Mm-hmm. And I think if I had read it on a, on a Kindle or a Wattpad, you know, app or something like that, I probably would be a lot more kind or I would have been, I would have had fewer expectations. I don't think I've been unkind to it. I just don't think I found my place in it. And I don't know, I'd like to try a different Isekai one time. Something that's a little bit, you know, we don't have to go full depressing, but something that has yeah. a little bit more texture to it, I think I'd, I'd really enjoy at some point. Yeah, it's my final thought. What did you think of the prose at the end of the book? Oh, I skipped it. Did you read the excerpt? No, I was done. <laughs> I was done with this book. I was done with this book about 100 pages in and I kept going. <laughs> I certainly was not going to read. Love it. Get to the end and be yeah. like, all right, now I'm going to read some prose. Like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Who is this? Alan Moore? Yeah, right. got to get you some uh, <laughs> so a spider, so what? Let's see how that hits. Shit. What are your final thoughts? Yeah, not for me. Mm. 
<laughs> and his Chris. camera just blinked out right there too. <laughs> Not for me. Boom. He just Boop, it's God meeting. <laughs> Mike Trump. <laughs> what was the the most successful part to you? Like, was there anything that actually like made you laugh out loud? Nothing made me laugh out loud. I had a lot of smiles. The snake stuff made me smile. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but but yeah, yeah. It wasn't a, wasn't a laugh out loud. Like it's it, very very much like I said earlier, where it's like nothing was good enough or bad enough to really like stand yeah. out. But it was a, that real kind of middle of the road thing where I'm just like you know I had a smile once in a while. Mm-hmm. I didn't throw the book away in disgust or anything. I just kind of kept <laughs> reading it and like oh that's a pretty good drawing. Oh, that's okay. That's kind of funny. And then I was then I was done. And then I cool. delved into the pro stuff at the end, like a true professional. Uh, <laughs> and what did you think? Oh no, I didn't read it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dick. <laughs> Deb, did you read the pros? I gotta be blunt. I can't read light novel prose. It's it's so poorly written. <laughs> it's just so bad. I mean, it's a, you know, it's it's translated, right? So then it's. Yeah. I don't know whether it was this poorly written in Japanese, and the, mm. the English translation is faithfully translating its mediocrity, or oh, I don't know. I just can't deal. It's like it's explain it's. It just explains so much shit, and it's like, I just want to read the manga. <laughs> yeah. It feels similar to other novels I've read in translation like this, so that's no no surprise. My final thought is, I was surprised that she only became a teenager at the very end, like that last mm. chapter. Because mm. uh. when I first read this, I actually read two or three volumes in a shot. I you know just bought a bunch of ebooks, And in my head the teenage part was a bigger part of volume one because it's kind of where the story gets going. And I think ending on that moment is almost like a, that's the end of the prelude. Good job making it this far, everybody, which is like always kind of disappointing in a story. Yeah. But overall, I was still entertained. Like I'm going to end up rereading volume two after we finish the podcast to sort of, you know, remind myself where it's going and catch up on the more recent volumes. But I'm glad we kind of, got our entryway into isekai so now i could recommend a lot more books that christopher will absolutely loathe oh. of course you don't know I guess <laughs> you don't know <laughs> you don't know chris <laughs> yeah i can rig the game you know i've got a very deep bookwalker account oh my god oh my yeah but on that note we're going to take a break we're going to play an ad or two and then we're going to come back to some shout outs we'll see you in a bit special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And we are back. We've got shout-outs to close us out today. We've had a very thrilling talk about My Life is a Villainous, so now we need to kind of cool it down and ease into our <laughs> evening. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to go first with the shout-out? I have a I have an isekai related oh. shout out. Ooh. Oh man, I'm ready for this. Have y'all seen the Super Mario Brothers movie yet? Because that is an isekai. <laughs> I was not ready. <laughs> I was not ready at all. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, wait. Is it? So it's about yourself. this Brooklyn plumbing, a group of Brooklyn plumbers, they're brothers, and they accidentally <laughs> find a doorway into a mysterious world called the Mushroom Kingdom. 
through sewer pipes, actually. It's sort of plumbing themed because it's like, you know, it's an SKS. <laughs> so it's, they, they, you, you keep railing on a theme and they like use these pipes to get through yeah. these places. Yeah, yeah. And they basically they get separated. One of them gets captured by this bad guy who's played by Jack Black. And I don't remember the character's name. And the other one. Uh, Bowser. Bowser. I'm just kidding. Chip, oh my God, you're literal today. <laughs> and then the other one goes and finds the good guys. And yeah, speaking of Isekai, the somehow it didn't occur to me while I was watching it that it's like, yeah, Mario gets into the world and he's like, I've got to find my brother. And he's like, he kind of gets over being in a weird world populated by talking mushroom people in about 30 seconds. He's just like, okay, this is the new reality with which I'm presented. And I don't know if I'm going to go to home again, but I'm not going to think about it. I'm only going to think about finding my brother and I'm not going to have any interiority. So it's a very movie movie. It's a solid seven out of 10. It's on its way to make a billion dollars, though. So kind of doesn't matter what I think about it. But I will say it is the most it is the safest possible Mario Brothers movie, almost the safest possible they could have made in that if you go to if you go looking for the Mario Brothers, you will get lots of mario brothers there's so much mario brothers in the Mar- mario brothers movie and if you want anything else there's maybe one or two brief moments where it transcends being a movie about the mario brothers that is designed not to offend and that's man it's kind of it i can't it sounds like i can't believe the mario brothers movie played it safe yeah <laughs> after the last time where they played it very unsafe and it was acid fueled fever dream of a movie with Dennis Quaid just chewing scenery literally at one point like yeah this is a a very different movie but no it's more like you see the Avengers on screen for the first time in the MCU and you're like it's it's just as good as or better than I imagined when I was a kid what if there was an Avengers movie kind of wanted this to like elicit because a couple of the trailers kind of got me a little bit you know kind of like Mm. Oh, that mm. music sting plays and it's uh, oh, okay. This is like, this is my whole childhood. This is literally my whole childhood. I mean, I had a, had a video game system. It's not a big deal now, but like we got our first video game system in 83 and I played Mario, you know, fighting off against Donkey Kong, you know, on a ColecoVision when I, cause I'm, I'm old. And so I kind of <laughs> wanted, I kind of wanted a little bit. I wanted to feel that again, that like thrill, like that's what this, this nostalgia, if you're going to make it so that everything is nostalgic and aimed directly at me and my demographic, then God damn it, make it better. And <laughs> instead I got solid seven out of 10. I wanted to be catered to and I kind of wasn't. And instead it was just like, here's a product. It's a me products. And it's a me. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, once again, I don't really expect anything from Mario. I don't know why. Well, like the only dialogue I know of Mario is it's a me Mario. And woohoo. <laughs> Did you the Spider-Man movie? The 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 first the first first Spider-Man movie. Yeah, was, yeah. Was really yeah. good. Like it Yeah, really but it was took... based on characters, but it was based on stories with narratives and dialogue. Like the Mario games is about a guy who jumps and bops things and then jumps on turtles. Video games are blank because they leave space for us to invest ourselves into them. We bring our own meaning to yeah. them. And so you can tap into that. And sometimes people do. Like sometimes like fan stuff can tap into that like this is the way we all invested ourselves in this thing. And you can use it to generate humor. You can use it to generate pathos. There's, oh my God, that's that's that Simpsons comic where the one brother is dying and the other brother's holding his hand to the hospital and they just recite Simpsons lines at each end until, until everyone reading it is crying. That's a good comic that uses something yeah. that's disposable entertainment that's comedy and satire, like something that no one will ever do about Family Guy. But like, 
Yeah, this could have been. <laughs> wow. Shots fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. just flipped his desk over. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I hate but, to say it, but it sounds like not having interiority is a quick path to a billion dollars. It really is. Mario. Yeah. Like, it, the, the, <laughs> the more somebody is a fully realized character, the more distance you create between them and you. And. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that yeah, that's that might be why Sakai is popular because you just get these blank slates of characters where it's like I could be her doing this in my life as a villainess. I could be Mario. I, you know, have a ill-defined relationship with my father, and I care about my brother a lot. Sort of sure that I can be me, but like yeah, it was it was a little disappointing. Some of the visuals are nice. I'll give you the Rainbow Road sequence uh, where they're they're Mario karting on Rainbow Road for literally no reason is actually beautiful, like legitimately. The fan service reasons. Yeah, yeah. They, they did they did something really nice with that. So I liked that a lot. But, you know. I'm holding out until they add Waluigi, personally. Yeah, right? Mm. Uh, like, oh. Where they start taking risks and add the Waluigi Wario <laughs> duo. Can you imagine, like, you just take all those models and do, like, a 22-minute episode, like, the 22-minute, like, TV series with the same models, except Waluigi's in it, and everything just gets really <laughs> weird. Like, there, that's that's what I wanted of my art. Really weird, uh, not safe at all stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of what I like about anime a lot of the time, when they do good stuff, like, when they do good anime, yeah, as opposed to other anime uh, dot, dot, dot. i bought Wild. you something chris uh, that you i think you'll really love uh, thank you very much shortbox did a, a limited run mm. of a mario fanzy <laughs> of course they did and and it's basically luigi and bowser X, as luigi x bowser yeah there's some pretty good someone was trying to make a pretty strong argument that that scene where bowser kidnaps luigi and is like stroking his claw through his mustache is like Oh, BL confirmed, you know, Bowser X Luigi. <laughs> yeah, the internet's wild. It'll just go in any kind of it'll go in any kind of direction. But no. Nah, anyway, it, I I I bought a copy and I'm sending it to you because it's 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 crying out your name. It's <laughs> <laughs> very kind. But yeah, uh, solid I seven out of ten shout out. See the Mario Brothers on screen if that is a thing that you want to see. There's nothing more to it than that. It is not a thing I want to see, and I won't go see it. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Deb, Chip, how about you? You got shout-outs for us? Chip? It's like a trio of shout-outs, because TV's back, baby! Yeah. Barry and Succession, which are amazing, and I love them probably too much. They're both based on video games. (laughs) Succession (laughs) video game. (laughs) Actually, I would I would play a succession video game. Those and like the rest of the world, I've been watching Beef on Netflix. Uh, we have Netflix back and mm-hmm. quite enjoying that as well. Though really it kind of peaks with the first two episodes, I think. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Deb, how about you? Well, I, I hinted at this at last episode, but I really, I'm kind of addicted to Concubine Walkthrough, which has a horrible title. <laughs> But it is incredibly good. I've heard so many great titles in this one episode. It's amazing. <laughs> oh my yeah. I mean, it's it, it it basically gives all the depth of a girl being stuck in a game that the villainous one doesn't. Because like she's basically the, the villainous character in this story. She's the evil empress. And then she's pitted against the main character who the goal of the game is to become the favorite concubine who then becomes the empress. Anyway. But the artwork in this is really good, and the how the how things get revealed, like who is a non-playable character, 
who is just a, a creation of the game, who is a, a real human back and has their body in suspended animation somewhere else. Oh, wow. And, and all the, you know, having to do like this Groundhog Day replay, 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 and the consequences from each choice they make, it's really interesting. And the art mm-hmm. is really nice. I, I, it was one of those things where it seemed like, oh, it's an isekai story, but it's so stylishly drawn. And you, the, the storytelling unfolds so masterfully, you get sucked in. And so I read all the way to the end. <laughs> and now it's like, at, uh, I think it's at chapter 135 out of 140. So if you read it now, you get to dive into it and you'll be have only five more weeks until you can read the ending. <laughs> it's, yeah. del- it's, it's delicious. I like it. Mm. Way to go. Nice. Cool. I was actually going to shout out the Spanish edition of Ashton Hojo because I just got that. Oh. oh, nice. And I can read Spanish a little better than I can read Japanese. Wow. But since everyone else has isekai related shout outs, I feel like I have to really show up now. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to follow up on a joke that Christopher made in passing about like I haven't had sushis in 17 years. Yeah. And now I'm trapped in this other world. There's an isekai called Restaurant to Another World where they just ah. serve Japanese food to various monsters and other dimensions and people come through <laughs> on the weekends. Mm. And it's not entirely my bag, but I feel like a lot of manga explaining listeners or perhaps even hosts might enjoy this, this manga light novel anime. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's isekai and hmm. uh, Nobu. No, yeah, like, Nobu isekai to another. Is mm. it Nobu? Or is it a different mm-hmm. one? That's this one's not Nobu. This is a different one. Oh, okay. But Nobu is supposed to be good too, I think. Yeah, Nobu's a new dawn one, so I read it for for work, mm. and yeah, it's it's totally yeah. great. It's one of the ones that I was like, maybe if maybe that'll be my. It's sort of like it's an isekai, but not an isekai because the it's an isekaya isekai. It's an isekaya isekai. Oh, isekai. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't done food manga this season. We haven't done food manga in a while. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while since we've done one. Okay. Yeah. I think we were supposed to put books today, but maybe we'll save that for next week. But yeah, I think that sounds cool. I'll put it in the show notes as well. But yeah, Nobu's, it's basically they set up an Izakaya in this like medieval city in like the backest of back alleys. There's a Japanese Izakaya that is set in our present day world that Mm -hmm. uh, you sort of have to show the way to. And so the entrance out of the medieval alley and then the entrance into real Japan are both in this restaurant. And it's these people that are serving you know, contemporary Japanese izakaya food to like medieval, you know, general Western European, you know, German and, and French people, which is really interesting. And then it, yeah, because it's not just Japan, it's not like Thermai Romai, where it's like, ah, I'm going to go to modern Japan and steal the secrets of bathing and bring them back to ancient Rome, which is actually a pretty fun, <laughs> pretty fun little weird izakaya story. It but, is, uh, it. that's an izakaya too, isn't yeah, it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> but this one's like, oh, it gets into where, like, how these two cultures use the same ingredients in different ways and like how festivals are run and like it's 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 kind of cultural education but it's also delicious food and there's always one like silly little story that's going on like that where it's like starts out like Columbo sort of or, or like a mystery thing where it's like <laughs> somebody's got a problem oh but I bet the Izakaya food can solve the problem and it does anything from tax yeah. collecting to not getting along with your mom it's, it's all served by a, a warm dish from the izakaya, but oh, that's midnight diner. Yeah, it's midnight dinery as well. There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. Oh man, we're getting deep. This is a deep episode. <laughs> we'll have to do a food. We'll all recommend food books at some point and have like a fun little three volume hungry episode series. Oh man, yeah, that'd be so good. Be so good. Yeah. We should probably call it and yeah, get yeah. some dinner at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
So thank you all for listening. That was My Life is a Villainous and then a host of nice shout outs as usual. We are very smart and attractive. So thank you for listening to us. <laughs> we will catch you next week with more manga to be explained. Catch you later. This has been Manga Explaining, episode number 98. My Life is a Villainous, All Roots Lead to Doom, by Satoru Yamaguchi. Thanks for listening. For our next episode, we'll be discussing Pluto, Volume 1, by Naoki Urasawa. Want to pick up a copy? Find a comic shop and manga specialty shop near you by using comicshoplocator.com. Or check out your local library for print and digital lending options. You can also follow along with our complete reading list at mangasplaining.com. And check out our newsletter and digital publishing endeavor at mangasplainingextra.com. Thanks to DADS for their musical accompaniment this episode. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.